Let's look at this scripture. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would anoint me to speak this message with simplicity, power, clarity. Hide me behind the cross. I pray for a fresh anointing in my life, Lord God, to awaken people, to answer the calling, to have new goals, to lean and learn about you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. All right, Luke chapter 5, verse 36 through 39. That Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined. And the, and the new patch would even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wines will burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Amen? And so I want to speak to you about newness. The first thing I want to speak to you about, let's get right into it, is I want to challenge some of you to have new goals. I'm not just talking about like, oh, do 50 sit-ups a day, but a whole new paradigm and goal setting. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 through 30 says this, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. So he chose us to be like Jesus, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. Brothers and sisters, we can't be attached, too attached to goals that don't serve us as sons and daughters of God. As saints looking to do, we have, we have to see ourselves, we're saints looking to do the Father's will and bringing glory to the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit, by building the Lord, building the, our Heavenly Father a house and strengthening the body of Christ. So this is great preacher. His name is Francis Chan. Hardcore dude. He gave up a mega church, right? He gave up a mega church, I believe, to be a missionary. He writes books. He's like the probably like the most consecrated mega church pastor. Um, he has a um, really powerful mantle of prayer as well. So he said this story in a famous preaching of his. There was a missionary who spoke at our church years ago who had gone to Papua New Guinea and won a tribe to Jesus. Ooh. And now this is, this is when he had a big church, Francis Chan. It was a beautiful story. At the end, he mentioned the pivotal influence of his youth pastor, a man named Vaughn, who loved him and told him that his life was to be lived for the glory of God. Then the next week, we had another man who had another. We had another man come and talk about sponsoring kids. And when he was at the end of his presentation, he said, "Under God, I owe all this to the influence of my youth pastor Vaughn." So I asked and found out that these two guys have been in the same youth group. The next week, one of our church members who worked with the rescue mission in inner city Los Angeles spoke to us. 
No, he didn't mention Vaughn. But he had been in attendance the previous two weeks. So I said to him after he finished, wasn't it weird that those two guys the last two weeks both mentioned how they were impacted by the youth pastor Vaughn? He said, oh, I know Vaughn. Really? The same Vaughn? Yes. And he told me a story. He said, Vaughn is a pastor in San Diego and takes people into the dumps of Tijuana. I spent a day with him, he said. He ministers there in the dumps where, where kids are picking out of the garbage and are filthy dirty. As we walked the city, these kids came running up to him, and he would just love on them. He would hug them. He had gifts for them. He had food for them. And he even figured out how to get them showers, he continued. I just followed Vaughn around the whole day. Then here's the amazing thing. He said, Francis, it was eerie. The whole time I was walking with Vaughn, I kept on thinking, if Jesus was on earth, I think this is what it would feel like to walk with him. Vaughn so loved everyone he ran into, and he told them about God and the gospel, and people were drawn to his love and his affection. And then he said, the day I spent with Vaughn was the closest day I ever experienced with, to walking with Jesus. What a compliment. The day I spent to Vaughn was the closest I ever experienced to walk with Jesus. It made me think, would anyone in their right mind say that about me? Would anyone say that about you? It made me realize that all the other stuff, like being smart or being a good speaker, is not the goal. Or if people would say, wow, he knows so much about the Bible. That's great. But at the end of the day, would they say, it's weird hanging out with you. I mean, I read about Jesus, then I walk with you, and it's like the same thing. The way you love so much until it hurts, you sacrifice and you give up is true humility. Was it becoming more like Jesus supposed to be the goal of gaining all this knowledge about him in the first place? And that's what I want. I don't want to be the best speaker in the world or the best writer or the most intelligent person in the planet. It simply doesn't matter. What do you want to be known for? I want to be known for being like Jesus. Wow, what a story. What a story. Bless God. Now understand, being like Jesus, you don't always have to go to Tijuana. You can spread love in the pantry at your job. You could be a, a, a thermostat right there in your building. You can have a building council meeting and you can bring donuts and just love on people. That's what I try to do. I go to schools and man, bless God, the Holy Spirit anoints me with love, and I just love our people, and principals text me, like, dude, I wish you would come all the time, and, and I just want to be like Jesus within the context of my reality, within the story and journey that he's put me in, I want people to be like, Ed is like Jesus, and I want the same thing for you. We don't have to have the best clothes. We don't have to have the biggest church. We don't need a church with an LED screen and smoke machines. I want a church that's a tribe of people that love people, that love God, that live a cruciform life. 
a church where Jesus is celebrated and everybody's celebrated. Can I hear an amen? So there's some quotes, you know, I've been thinking about the calling of God a lot, and it's so hard, the calling of God, man. It's, it's so hard to stay on task. It's so hard to stay on task with the Great Commission. And Steve Jobs once told John Scully when he was trying to hire him from Pepsi, he says, do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life or come with me and change the world? He was doing that for Apple, for a business. How much more us, the kingdom of God? Oswald Chambers once said, God did not direct his call to Isaiah in the book of Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah overheard God saying, who will go for us? That was the Trinity speaking, bless God. The call of God is not just for a select few, but for everyone. When I hear God's call, or when I hear God's call, or not depends on the condition of my ears. Exactly what I hear depends on my spiritual attitude. Listen, I shared a mental model with you guys the other day of spiritual vitamins. What you, where you sit determines what you see. Some of us, we're sitting too far from God. All right, all right. Elizabeth George, and she was a woman of God that started a, a seminary for women. She said, Raising your children to love and serve Jesus is fulfilling one of God's highest calling upon your life, right? You're like, what's my calling? Be a good parent. What's my calling? Love people. I love what Tim Keller said, right? Because, you know, I grew up in ministry that the calling, you got to leave your job and, and, and break your lease. But look what Tim Keller said. A job is a vocation only if someone else calls you to do it for them rather for, than for yourself. And so our work can be a calling only if it's just, if it's reimagined as a mission of service or something beyond merely our own interests. Thinking of work mainly as a means of self-fulfillment and self-realization slowly crushes a person. We have to do things, everything unto the Lord. Amen? All right, bless God, bless God. I'm on your side. All right, so new goals, right? I want to be like Jesus. And of course, you can have like branch goals, right? Healthy and all that stuff. But the main meta goal should be, I want to be more godly. I want to be a, a woman of God, a man of God. I, I want to walk in my calling. I want to hear, I want to get involved with God gets involved with. All right, so that was new goals. Let's talk about new confession. Job chapter 3, verse 10. It's a prophetic scripture said, beat your plowshares, right, a farm tool, into swords, and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. In the message version, it says, let the weak one throw out his chest and say, I am tough. I am a fighter. Hurry up, pagans. You want to smoke them? He said, wherever you are, get a move on. Get your act together. Prepare to be shattered by God. Oh, God gave the permission to talk, to talk that talk. Amen. Praise God. Let the weak say I'm strong. Uh, we need a new. We, we need to know our identity, have a new confession of who we are. We can't let our past trauma completely dictate our future, fam. We need to. That's why I'm always talking about healing. We need to walk in that that healing. Derek Prince, right? He was a, one of my favorite Bible teachers. Says when the word of our mouths agree with the word of God, 
we enlist the ministry of Jesus as the high priest of our confession. But then we are encouraged, but then we are encouraged to hold fast our confession without wavering. We we would need to hold fast because he who he who is promised is faithful. Right? So I I, I love science, right? I, I, I love um, like um, neuropsychology. Um, I love learning about the brain. I love finding biblical principles discovered by science and self-help. So this is guy. Ethan, what does Andrew Huberman do? He's like a super neuroscience expert out of Stanford. And he was talking about the insane power of your expectation. And we're talking about confession. I want you to listen to him. One of the best books that I've read this year is The Expectation Effect by David Robson. All that they did had a lower overall lactate threshold. They had a lower overall heart rate. They were blowing off CO2 more effectively and upregulating oxygen better. It takes for them to get hungry again after ingesting it. They also look at insulin and they also look at... I'm trying to see the part where he says about the older people. Hold on. Hold on, fam. Be patient with your That's stress. It sharpens your ability to function. You can remember things better, et cetera, et cetera. Ooh, he was talking about, um, they did a study with... Oh, this is it, fam. I found it. God is good. All right. Listen closely. Older people uh, that were past retirement, and they asked them to use... What, what sort of words do you associate with getting older? They did a study with older people. Uh, that were past retirement, and they asked them to use, what, what sort of words do you associate with getting older? And they split these people into two different groups, and the sort of words that people used perfectly mapped onto how long they were going to live. So the people that used the sort of words alone, frail, fragile, injury, death, they were the ones that lived the shortest. The people that said um, happiness, freedom, liberty, connection, uh, maturity, th th those sorts of words were the ones that lived the longest. So your expectations can literally impact your longevity. There's, I, I'm yet to read the... Man, fam. Your expectations... One of the best books that I've read this year is... Impact in longevity. Change your confession. Change your confession. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Christ has come to give me life and life more abundant. We have to change our confession, and then it will help you change our, your procession. Amen? And so this is, you have to learn, especially my senior saints. Oh, sometimes we love talking about our boo-boos. Oh, sometimes we love talking about, I, 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 right? And, and, and that's true, it's a part of life. Listen. I understand. It's a part of life. I got, I, I got arthritis and tendonitis, gingivitis and bronchitis. I understand. But we have to begin to confess God's blessing, the, the flourishing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So we looked at new goals, new confession, and now we need a renewed commitment to learning, leaning, and living, and loving Christ. Right? The Lord Jesus Christ is far more than any of us ever imagined, right? Frank Viola, my, my favorite author in this book I'm reading called Revive Us Again, uh, says, in short, 
the goal of the gospel is not to get you out of hell and into heaven, but to get God out of heaven into you so he may be displayed visibly and glorified in his creation. Right? And then I say this, this all the time. In the, in the book Narnia, he said, Aslan, Aslan, dear Aslan, sobbed Lucy at last. And the great beast rolled over on his side so that Lucy fell half sitting, half lying between his front paws. He bent forward and just touched her nose with his tongue. His warm breath came over her and she gazed, she gazed upon his large, wise face. Um, Welcome, child, he said. Aslan, Lucy said, you're bigger. This is because you are older, little one, answered. Not because not because you are, because I am not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. Right? And so every year that we serve the Lord, we have to find Jesus bigger in our lives. And so one of the things I want to share with you quick is the greatness of Christ, right? So if you read Colossians, they were trying to like out somebody was trying to teach them like all this other stuff to outgrow Christ. And, Paul would say, you can never outgrow Christ, right? If you want to stay in Christ, just grab a hold of Christ, the head, right? And because the greatness of Christ, some Christian groups, uh, is, some Christian groups present Christ uh, of, of just Romans and Galatians, right? He came to save the lost. Others present the Christ of the Gospels. His earthly life must be imitated. Some groups present the Christ of the cross. His death is emphasized above everything else. Other groups present Christ of Easter, his resurrection is primary. Some people, social justice. Above all, all above emphasize the Christ of earthly history. But there is a Christ who existed before time. And there is a Christ of the present and of the future. The Alpha and the Omega. And all of them are the same Christ. Creation was created in the Son of God before time. And when he was made the firstborn of all creation, Colossians 1. Further, God the Father chose all of his people in Christ before time. That's in Ephesians 1. After his resurrection, the Lord Jesus Christ sat at the right hand of God as the Lord, the King, bowed down of heaven and earth. Today, he intercedes for us, acts as our high priest, loves us as our shepherd, and lives out his indwelling life in us and through us. As the old offering of maker, time is within Christ. Jesus knows no beginning and no end. All of creation is moving towards Christ being the head over all. I, I even think like right now, like this, this politicized world, this politicized era, this era of like, you can literally see like people pushing towards fascism or, 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 or communism or, or a desire for a super leader. I think it's people's hunger for the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Slowly. And that in all things, all things will be summed up in this incredible Christ. And that this is the Christ who has taken up residence within you and me, right? We realize that Christ is part of the Trinity. Was, was, there's a pre-incarnate Christ, right? Part of creation. And that through the Holy Spirit, that Christ lives inside of us. This takes so much sitting, soaking, saturating, 
meditating, contemplating, that we have to understand that we can't just grow as followers of Christ without tithing our time, without taking some time to sit and read God's word, to sit and use our divine imagination to imagine that the power that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of us. To imagine that Christ wants us to take part in his agenda in this world. So the Colossians thought they could graduate beyond Christ, Jesus Christ. They took him as the Lord and Savior, Savior but they felt they could advance to higher and deeper things, right? Higher things, like, you know, they want to talk about angels and spiritual warfare. And in short, if we ever get to the place where Jesus Christ isn't enough, we can never get to that place, right? If we ever get to that place, we never really met the Christ of Colossians, and that means our Christ is too small. So, new, new goals, new confession, and renewed commitment to contemplate on the glory and grandeur of this gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can never outgrow our dependence upon the Lord. Whatever, whatever science or philosophy may do for mankind, the world will never outgrow its needs, need of the simplicity that is in Christ. So we're done, fam. I want you to think about what you learned today. We're going to you know, have a time of reflection in a minute. I believe God is challenging some of us to work on new Christ-centered goals. I want to challenge you to work on a new confession, allowing our self-talk to be swayed by our identity and faith, and a renewed commitment to keep the grandeur and awe of Christ in our life. Let's pray. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus, and I pray that Summit Church will be a community, a tribe of people. I want to be like you. I want to carry your glory. I want to give you glory. People who serve, people who love, people who trust you, people who are holy, healthy, and happy, and helpful. Father, I pray, Lord God, that we will just change the way we, our expectation, the way we speak, the way we see you, the way we see ourselves. That we will understand the power of the tongue, this life and death of the tongue. And we will allow our, our, not just our outward talk, but our inward talk to be swayed by our identity and our trust in you. Father, we renew our commitment to sit, soak, contemplate, concentrate, reflect, smile, learn, lean, love you, Lord God, and your gospel. When we keep that awe, that grandeur, and that simplicity. Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, fam. Uh, if anybody